What's going on, guys? Welcome back to WDYDCSP. What do you do as a central store processor? And you are listening to Stir That Pot with me, Jesse Lopez. And today's topic is ultrasonic cleaners. Our processes, what I've seen done, what are we doing? What is the IFU doing? Well, first we have to define what is an ultrasonic cleaner. Well, many manufacturers make it, but in a nutshell, ultrasonic cleaners are a medical device that uses ultrasonic waves at a certain frequency to create what's called cavitation. The cavitation forms very small bubbles that implode, not explode, implode. It creates a sucking vacuum to remove soil from the hard to reach crevices for instrumentation. Um, It uses a vibrating action. So um, depending on the ultrasonic manufacturer, that can either be a titanium rod, um, as in the ultra clean systems, uh, 72s and 36s, or they can use like these coin-like um, plates that sit along the bottom of the uh, ultrasonic uh, machine um, that causes the vibration and cavitation. Now, the solution that is used in the ultrasonic cleaners, again, this varies from manufacturer to manufacturer, but it should be a low foaming um, detergent. Um, reason being because that cavitation, that vibration, Um, When you agitate a solution that's high foaming, what happens? It foams, right? I mean, just like you would do at home with your dish soap, you know, you would add it to the water and kind of agitate the water to create more foaming. Well, you don't want that in ultrasonic cleaner because the bubbles that's formed by um, the foam aren't the bubbles that are going to implode and remove that gross soil. So, again, like I said, there's very a variety of ultrasonic cleaners out there. You have ultrasonic cleaners um, and washers, um, which actually um, rinses the instrument. It uh, goes through an ultrasonic uh, cycle and then re-rinses it at the very end of the cycle. Um, Your basic ultrasonic cleaner, you need to just uh, add your instrumentation, run its cycle, whatever minutes that cycle is, 5, 10, 15, 20 minute cycle. And when those instruments are removed, they need to be rinsed. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later on. You also have your ultrasonic irrigators. Um, And to me, I don't really understand that science too well because the irrigators are actual hoses that are attached to lumen items and they actually flush the lumens. Um, The cavitation action doesn't work with irrigation, um, that's a different mechanical process, but there is cavitation that goes on in the ultrasonic, I believe at the same time that the uh, machine is irrigating those lumens. Now, I haven't done enough research to verify that, but I have questions about that whole system as well, which I'll address in this podcast as well. So now that we know what ultrasonic cleaners are, when do we ultrasonic instrumentation? Well, the process on most IFUs um, follows 
ultrasonic cleaning follows the manual cleaning steps and prior to the automated cleaning step. Okay, so once you uh, manually clean your instrumentation, you have to, and this is important, you have to remove as much visual soil from your instrumentation before it goes into the ultrasonic. And I'll explain to you that process in a minute and the reason behind that. So you have to do a really thorough cleaning um, manually prior to going into the ultrasonic cleaner. After ultrasonic cleaning your instrumentation, your instrumentation, if it doesn't have a rinse cycle, your instrumentation needs to be re-rinsed to remove residual detergent and residual soil prior to going into the washers. Now, it all sounds great on paper. Uh, I'm going to say that right now, and um, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, on paper, the ultrasonic cleaner and on video, when they do a video of it, they show um, how cavitation works, and it looks wonderful. It looks great. Um, the little bubbles implode and remove those nooks and crannies from those hard-to-reach like box locks and um, within the lumen of some instrumentation, um, with the closing and opening jaws of those little micro-instruments. Um, it's all great and dandy if we followed the IFUs exactly stated on stated by the manufacturers of the ultrasonic okay i'm going to repeat that again because i kind of slurred on that one that process would work so good if we followed the ifus of the manufacturers of the ultrasonic to the leather what do i mean where is where is jesse stirring this pot at well guys if you read the IFUs of many of the manufacturers of ultrasonics, they'll tell you that you should have a single layer of instrumentation in a wire basket um, going into the ultrasonic. A single layer of instrumentation that goes into the ultrasonic. Now, I don't know about you guys, but of many of the facilities that I've been to, not many of our trays can we lay our instruments flat. Okay, it'll tell you lay flat in a single layer on the bottom of the tray before submerging into the ultrasonic. Not many of my trays can I lay all of my instruments flat on the bottom of, the, of a basket or a basket big enough to lay all my instruments flat. In fact, when we do our manual cleaning processes, one of our best practices is to butterfly the instruments and sit them upright on end and the basket so that the jaws point up so that when we put them into the washer um, disinfector, the uh, actual impingement of the spray arm spray down onto the jaws rather than on the side of the jaws. Um, so if you're standing your instruments upright and um, actually kind of like, uh, uh, I guess, cascading your instruments, um, sorting them out that they go from smallest to largest or however way you're organizing them and standing them up, large, uh, heavier instruments on the bottom and then your 
butterfly in your instruments, your clamps and your scissors, and you're standing them upright, um, and they're touching on top of the heavy instruments, and you're placing them in the ultrasonic, the ultrasonic isn't effective then. It's not performing its job because we're not following the IFU to the letter. We're not forming a single layer of instrumentation and we're not laying them flat on the bottom of the basket so that the vibration and cavitation works to its fullest potential. That's one of the issues I have with ultrasonic cleaners is we're not using them to its full potential and we're not following the IFUs to the letter. The other thing is it tells you not to overcrowd baskets. And if you look at many facilities, instrument trays, most of those trays are overcrowded with instruments, extremely overcrowded. I mean, we already exceed weight limits on our trays, which are supposed to be 25 pounds for rigid containers. And for some wrapped items, um, the maximum weight is 14 to 17 pounds, but we exceed that exponentially when it comes to loaner instruments, do we not? So again, we do not follow the IFUs of the ultrasonic manufacturers. The other thing is if you look at the manufacturer's IFUs for the uh, ultrasonic, they will state, and in our training manuals, it will state certain items that cannot go into the ultrasonics. One, ebonized instrumentation. Two, mixing metals. So having aluminum, with copper, with stainless steel, with titanium instruments to go into the ultrasonic is a no-no. Plastics and rubber. Plastic trays, rubber mats, those aren't supposed to go in the ultrasonic. But if you walk into many facilities across America, you will see mats and rubber and plastic containers being placed into the ultrasonic cleaner. Hey, Glass. Wood, other items, glass, maybe not, because I don't see many glass items, but wood handle instrumentation. Yeah, you know what sets I'm talking about. I've seen them go into the ultrasonics as well. And let's not talk about loner instruments. If we talk about loner instruments, we're talking about those special trays that they make that have that special coating so that you're not putting metal on metal. Well, guess what? Those coatings are made out of rubber and plastic, but yet they're making their way into the ultrasonic as well with the instruments sitting within those holders. Do you think that the ultrasonic is going to be effective at removing soils when items are being insulated? I don't think so, guys. Rubber, uh, rubber, uh, or oh, I'm sorry, plastic handled instruments. Those are making their way into the ultrasonic. Okay, so... We're, we're across every facility that I've seen, and probably in your facility, you are utilizing your ultrasonic incorrectly. And honestly, it's a time-consuming process because first and foremost, if you don't have an ultrasonic with several settings on it, you probably have a one-timer setting on there. And when you're running your ultrasonic, you're not even ultrasonic in your instruments for the alloyed time specified by the instrument's IFU. 
I know a lot of ortho instrumentation has updated and increased their ultrasonic capacity or time under ultrasonic to up to 20 minutes. And you can only ultrasonic one tray at a time. So imagine doing 25 ortho sets and you only have three ultrasonics or even four ultrasonics. 20 minutes each ultrasonic, each set, one set at a time. That becomes a very prolonged um, process and a process that, again, is performed incorrectly because we're processing those trays in the trays that they are brought in with that have rubber coatings, rubber holding, plastic inserts, etc., etc. So, I mean, the ultrasonic is a valuable piece of equipment that we have in our decontamination area, but it's one of those pieces of equipments that we are misusing badly, heavily abused, heavily used, and incorrectly used in my eyes. Now we talk about the sonic irrigators. Now the sonic irrigators are a wonderful piece of equipment, but if you think again about the items and the, the materials that cannot be placed in the ultrasonic, Plastic, rubber. Okay, so our laparoscopic instruments have an insulation on there, correct? Now, the insulation is a insulation for cauterization, but that insulation also acts as an insulation to vibrations as well. So placing laparoscopic instrumentation in an ultrasonic, you might get the irrigation part of it to work very well and it's good to flush that detergent within the lumens constantly but the cavitation process is a null and void process because the insulation does its job it insulates against the vibrations so it doesn't remove those soils from the surface because it's being nullified Hey, there are rubber seals within those laparoscopic instruments. There are seals at the end and the base. Um, the actual stop of most of the ports are made of rubber. Again, hindering the action of cavitation. Then we go on to the XI Da Vinci robot arms. And I must say, those items are made out of plastic. Hard plastic, yes. So does the cavitation process really work on the exterior of the plastic? Now, when you hinder or you insulate or you, you block that cavitation process, are you only blocking it on the plastic parts and it's working on the metal components of it? I don't think so. I really highly doubt that that is the case. When you insulate a process of anything, sound insulation or not, you block the majority of this of the of the process. Does some of the process escape and hit the metal components? It's possible. It is. It very. It very. It really is possible because those bubbles are created throughout the water, and when they implode, okay, it may be blocked by the plastic um, on those arms and maybe the metal components can feel that vibration or get an, uh, an effect of it, but I'm not convinced, guys. I, I have to doubt that process, but you do have those attachments that irrigate um, the actual ports, which I do believe is a huge benefit. Um, 
But can you do that without an ultrasonic? You sure can. You can have irrigators hooked up to your manual process. Um, so like scope buddies um, and things of that nature. Those have um, irrigating processes on there. So you can hook those up to your Da Vinci arms and have solution flow through those ports just the same way without having to invest in an ultrasonic irrigator, which I believe um, is a um, oxymoron process. Is you telling me that um, your IFU is telling me that plastic and rubbers can't be placed in there, but the instrumentation that I'm putting in there is made of plastic and rubber. I, I don't get it. I hate to be the Debbie Downer, but it just don't make no sense to me. Maybe I don't understand the science all the way to it, but you have to be clear in those processes. If you're telling me plastic and rubber can't go in there, don't tell me that I can place. The instrument manufacturer shouldn't be telling me that they validated their process using an ultrasonic um, to, remove, to remove any soils because it can't. It possibly can if the ultrasonics IFUs is telling me that plastic and rubber will hinder the process. Um, the rinsing of instrumentation after coming out of the wash uh, out of the ultrasonic. This is another process that or step in a process that I have seen that has been very neglected. Many IFUs of Sonics that do not have a rinse cycle will tell you to rinse instrumentation after coming out of the ultrasonic. But there is a belief within the industry that, hey, our washers have a rinse cycle to begin with. Why should we rinse instruments coming out of the ultrasonic when the machine is going to do the rinse process? Well, I'm going to tell you why. When you take those instrumentations out of the ultrasonic, okay, it is possible that soil can re-adhere onto the surface of the instrumentation, okay? The detergent that it was submerged in can also adhere onto the instrument. So you're doing a rinse to remove residual detergent and residual uh, uh, soils that may be adhering back onto the instruments. If you do not rinse those instruments coming out of the ultrasonic, and you place them into the washer or you let them, it's not likely that you're going to put them into the washer and start that cycle right away. You're going to wait till your basket loads up completely, right? Your rack loads up completely with instruments before you push it into the washers and start the cycle. Well, those instruments are sitting there drip drying. The detergent is drying onto the instruments. The soil that was supposed to be removed is sticking back onto the instruments. When you push it into the washer, the washer doesn't start automatically. It has to fill. So there's time, more time that goes by. And the soil and detergent is busy drying off on these instruments. Once that rinse cycle starts in the washer, it is possible that that initial rinse did not remove all the residual detergent or the soil that re-adhered onto the instruments. It's a possibility. I'm not saying it's guaranteed that that's going to happen, but it's a possibility that that will happen if you're skipping the rinse cycle of the ultrasonic cleaner. So if that is truly the case, 
if you're thinking, oh, Jesse, you're overthinking this, um, the rinse cycle will be sufficient, it's not going to dry that quickly, well, think about our manual process. Before we place it into the ultrasonic, you know, we do a manual cleaning. So are you telling me that after my manual soak and detergent and my supposed brushing and wiping of gross soil that I don't have to rinse my instruments? I can just throw them right into the ultrasonic and let the ultrasonic do its job? Well, many will say, yeah, well, sure, why not? It already has the same solution or, hey, it's going to rinse off in there. My ultrasonic has an initial rinse cycle. Then it goes through a wash cycle and then it rinses again. Well, here's the thing. If you're not rinsing your instruments when you're placing them into the ultrasonic after the manual process, you're going through the same problem. It is a possibility that that detergent is going to adhere onto the instrumentation. The soils that you were supposed to rinse off will reattach onto the instruments. And then when you place them into the ultrasonic, if it's already filled with water and you're placing a detergent um, a detergent laden instrument into it, you're adding detergent to that supposed rinse water. So now you make it a slightly detergent water that you're actually trying to cavitate with in the beginning cycles. Then more detergent is going to be added onto it. So it's possible that you will change the concentration of the effective dosage of chemicals that's in that ultrasonic. All right, those are my takes on it, guys. I may be overthinking it, but these are the faults and these are the frustrations that I see when using ultrasonic cleaners. All right, aside from not following the IFUs to the letter, aside from not having instruments lay flat on the bottom of the basket because our best practices say to stand them upright on end, um, you're changing what the ultrasonic can do or its capability of delivering cavitated waves to those instruments to give you maximum cleaning of efficacy, okay? As well as placing items that are not compatible with ultrasonic and the other notion of using basic cleaning skills and throwing every instrument through the ultrasonic cycles. Yes, it's an extra step of cleaning and an extra step of assurance. But if you're doing the manual cleaning process correctly and your automatic cleaners are working optimally as well, if the IFU of the instrumentation does not state that ultrasonic cleaning is recommended, then you should not be putting it into the ultrasonic. You're saving yourself 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes. We're already pressed for time. We are already rushed with our process. Why make it any more difficult? Ultrasonic cleaning does have a place in our process and decontamination. I'm not saying it doesn't. What I'm saying is that we're not utilizing it correctly. Okay, A lot of our processes are underutilized, especially in the decontamination area. All right, guys, that is my take on ultrasonic cleaning. My pros, my cons, more of my cons than my pros. I mean, again, the pros is simple. It's it's really an extra step of cleaning to get those fine particles that we can't reach with regular brushing and flushing. Okay, If used correctly, the ultrasonic cleaner, yes, it is a vital and very, very critical 
plays a critical role in our decontamination process. But because we're not utilizing it to its full potential, because we are not following the IFUs of the manufacturers of the ultrasonic cleaner, the use of our ultrasonic cleaner becomes null and void. It is just an extra step that really accomplishes nothing, guys. As always, guys, thank you for listening. Comment on what I'm saying. Hit me up anytime to discuss. As always, guys, stay true to yourselves. Keep it 100. And until next time, challenge the process, think it through, and peace.